0: Welcome to a new episode of A Crew and Cast Pod with Adrian Tauss. I'm Adrian Tauss. My guest today is comedian Tez Ilyas. You would have seen Tez on shows like Mock the Week and Channel 4's The Last Leg. You can also see Tez live at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal later this month. And if you're going up to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, make sure to check out his new show Testify at the Pleasance Courtyard at 8.30pm from the 2nd to the 27th of August. Here's my conversation with Tez Enjoy. Um, I wouldn't have noticed um, by your t-shirt which says Jeremy Corbyn <laughs> in sort of superhero lettering.
1: A, he's the best wingman. I had a gig on, I had a gig on Friday night in, um, in Liverpool uh-huh. and I had a different Jeremy Corbyn t-shirt on.
0: You have more um, than one.
1: I've got, I've got more than one. Uh-huh. Um, and when I came out, Liverpool's a very political city, very left-wing city. Very anti-government, uh, Tory city. And when I came out, they just started shan- chanting, Oh, Jeremy <laughs> for like a good minute, like loud. And I couldn't even get, like, I couldn't even say hello. And it felt amazing. I just think, God, imagine how he feels. Yeah. And after the show, so many young hot scout women just wanted pictures with me. And I was like, Jeremy is the best
0: wingman. <laughs> well, hi, Tez. Hi, Adrian. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on the show. How have you been? Really good, thank you very much. So you're interested uh, in work mode uh, for your new Edinburgh show.
1: Yeah, you caught me in the middle of rehearsals, <laughs> um, just trying to get the show ready. It's got
0: two, just over two weeks to go, so it's quite stressful. Right, but that, those are the final two weeks where you kind of have to get it ready.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the first two shows in Edinburgh are technically previews,
0: but they really they need to be... It needs to be ready before that. Yeah, yeah. They need to be finished before that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So, have you have you written everything?
1: So everything's been written. There's a bit of fine tuning that needs to be done. A bit of polish. Mm-hmm. Memorise everything yeah. so I can deliver it with that trademark test charm. Uh huh. Um, and then I've got a PowerPoint that you saw me building. Yeah. That gold that sits behind it as well. So I've been
0: running it with the PowerPoint, which I haven't done yet. Nice. So you, you have you had a final, so you haven't had a final tech rehearsal, so to speak?
1: No, so I've got four or five previews this week, and I've got one more next week. And then, yeah, we'll do a tech rehearsal in the space in Edinburgh
0: before right. the show opens, and then then it has to be ready. Nice, nice. What's the show about? What's the show called? Uh, the
1: show is called Testify. Yeah, oh, nice. That's I did there. Uh-huh. Um, and it's about me... Testifying against the assumptions that people have about me. Mm -hmm. There's four main things I'm trying to look at. One is my race. Mm -hmm. I'm openly uh, Asian.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) One is my politics. I'm a left wing liberal. Uh Uh, My class. So I'm probably working class, group Uh working class. So stuff about that and how I'm transitioning to being almost middle class and Mm -hmm. what what that, what that means. Uh Um, And then uh, by my faith. So I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a religious person in an increasingly secular world and mm-hmm. in a very secular industry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then lastly, just touching a little bit on what it means to be Muslim in 2017 mm-hmm. with
0: all that's happening. So that's generally quite a, an upbeat. Um, very. <laughs> so there's a lot There's a lot of silly things
1: in there. I've got five minutes on chickens. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So that's in there.
0: Which, which topic does that relate to?
1: Um, I think it comes in during the bit about class.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, what well, is is chickens a, a middle-class thing? or? A, a class
1: um, thing? But I think it's a, I think it's, a, it's a silly tangent
0: yeah. on being... So
1: I talk about how one would live in a converted farmhouse. Uh-huh. This is my middle-class aspirations. Uh-huh. And then I talk about having chickens, running chickens in the backyard, and then I go off on this tangent about chickens.
0: Which I remember you seeing me. that, I think, one of the first times you tried it. And yeah, just yeah. Which is when, where are all the chickens coming from? That was the... Or where, was the, where are they? Yeah, where, where are they? Yeah, where yeah, are yeah,
1: they? Yeah. Yeah, so I have this five minute bit bit sub- on about how I, I initially established how many chickens there are in the world, because there's 60 billion chickens. You did the maths. Yeah, I do the maths with the audience, <laughs> and there's an insane <laughs> amount of chickens, which I think people haven't really... It's not in your consciousness. Yeah. Because like, you basically eat chickens all the time, and yeah. it's like 60 billion. That's an insane amount. What if they actually revolted this and is stood what up I'm against a man? If they all just decided to band together and... Like in Chicken Run. Yeah. Many there were 60 billion of those chickens decided to, <laughs> to, to rebel. No. <laughs> Great. So, so that was, so that's the sort of the arc of the, the yeah, show. yeah. And my niece, so I talk about my niece and nephew a lot. Um, cause they are all the things I am. They are also, I mean, they're definitely left wing liberals cause they're young and that's, right, yes. that's the rule. Um, <laughs> Uh, and so and so, I kind of they they, they had narrative piece through the show where I talk about what what it means for them as well growing up in this crazy, increasingly crazy world that we're living in.
0: Is that your third? Yes, yeah, my Edinburgh third show, my third okay. full show, yeah. full show. Nice. Yeah. So how how do you find has has your have your topics changed? Um. No, so uh,
1: this is almost like an introduction trilogy.
0: Yeah. So the
1: first show was very much. They focus on religion. it's mm-hmm. called test talks. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I did in that show was I endowed my audience as potential converts to Islam. Right. Um, I endowed them as having been on this, um, conversion to Islam course. Uh-huh. And then my show was their final integration module. Um, <laughs> and how as new Muslims, when they stepped out, how they had to integrate into British society. Uh-huh. So that was quite a satirical show. <laughs> and that got transferred to Radio 4 as a series. Nice. That was really fun, and the second show was called Made in Britain, Mm -hmm. and that was much more race focused. Mm -hmm. um, What it means to be a young British Asian man in in modern Britain, Mm -hmm. um, and have this idea of I think I think the 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 thing that I wanted people to take away from the show is even though I've got a lot of life experiences because I'm Asian in this country that are not typically British experiences. Mm -hmm. The fact that they're happening in Britain Mm -hmm. means they are British experiences by default. Yeah. So it's, that's the idea of trying to get across in that show. And then this is the third show, which is trying to be more political. So it Mm -hmm. was religion, race, politics. Right. The three things you're
0: not supposed to talk about are Um <laughs> Have you always? I mean, you, you were a civil servant. I was. Before, yeah. Very recently, until very recently. Have you? F- did you talk about politics on stage while you were still a civil servant? Would that have been a conflict of interest?
1: It is. You have to be very. A civil servant has to be apolitical by nature. Yeah. Uh, so neutral. Um, and I was never a good civil servant. Because um, of that? <laughs> that was one of the reasons I wasn't. Um, But now I've always I I was I was I was I didn't go so deep into it when I still had the day job, Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, but now that I don't have the day job, I feel like I'm a little bit off the leash. Yeah. But there must have been so much stuff that you were desperate to talk about, which obviously you can't. Yeah, because I I worked. There's like a non-disclosure. Yeah, I worked in the Home Office, and Theresa May was my boss for six years,
1: and she became the Prime Minister, and a lot. I had few interesting thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. Are you able
1: to share them now? Um, yeah. Would you be able? to? Yeah, you? yeah. I mean, it's not. I'm not telling any state secrets, right? So you know, but just this. She she, she was by all accounts a very, very competent Home Secretary, mm. very good politician. Mm-hmm. But she had these two people behind her, her special advisors, Nick Timothy and Fiona Hill, who went with her to Downing Street,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and they were really the brains of the operation. So any policy, anything that we did in the Home Office was
0: all geared towards getting her into Number Ten eventually, right? So that so, was the plan all along. Cause it yeah. seemed like it was just like she was the only one left. That was, no, that, that was, that that was the a perception. smart strategy. Right. She
1: was, always, it was always, I think it was always going to be between her, Boris Johnson and, um, George Osborne. Yeah. With Michael Gove as maybe a slight outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always going to be between them three. Mm-hmm. And then George Osborne chose the wrong side or the right side, but the wrong mm-hmm. side in the referendum because they lost and. <laughs> Boris Johnson got stabbed in the back by Michael Gove. Mm. And Michael Gove was very deeply unpopular. Mm. And so that left trees May just rise, just by
0: basically shutting the fuck up, she just managed to <laughs> rise through the ashes.
1: Oh. It
0: makes you kind of uh, miss the thick of it now, because mm. that would have been an amazing story. Yeah, yeah, for exactly.
1: Show. It would have been incredible. And so... So working in the home was very interesting and watching the thick of it because it's one of my favorite TV shows because, yeah, yeah it's, that's where I worked in that world. Yeah. Is it an accurate show?
0: Very accurate. Yeah.
1: Flag like watching a documentary at times. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's heightened, but <laughs> yeah, it's of course, very yeah. accurate, yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you want to go into politics for any special reason? Was that a conscious career choice to become a citizen? Um
1: No, I did, I did a bachelor's in biochemistry at university. Well, that's um, related. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I did a master's in management because I didn't want to working in a lab more yeah. people, people person yeah so i wanted to be more employable so I did a master's in management and then i applied for a lot of graduate schemes
0: mm-hmm. and the civil service graduate program was the one that i liked the most so mm-hmm. i did that wow and how old were you when you started that 22 right and then you've worked in that position for how yeah long?
1: 10 years 10 years yeah yeah so i think I, was, yeah, I might be 23 when i started right so 10 years i was there so when did you start doing comedy um in 2010 so about three years in right yeah, but obviously as you know, it takes a while yeah. to make any sort of a living from this. Yeah. And so for a long time I was balancing the day job, uh and Which is hard. I mean, yeah. if you take
0: comedy seriously, you know, you gig I mean you know, I gig about four or five times a yeah, day. Yeah, that's what I was doing as well. Right. And then having a day job on top of that is that's commitment to It was it yeah.
1: was I landing my show last year which was you know, comedy's know, taken its toll on me. Mm. Uh, before stand-up, I was actually a young, attractive white girl. <laughs> <laughs> Not this shell of an Asian man that I've become. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely taken its toll on relationships and friendships yeah. and my career in yeah. the home office because that was a proper career. Right, a stable, yeah. safe job with, yeah. with, with a decent salary. Yeah. But it's, it's quickly when I started comedy, I realized that is what I wanted to do with myself. But it right, was, getting into a position that I could do it full time and it took a, it took a while.
0: Sure. So at some point, presumably your day job got in the way of the thing you actually yeah, wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, and yeah,
1: yeah. And in the end it was,
0: I was committing a hundred percent to neither mm-hmm. and
1: comedy was a thing that I wanted to commit to. So yeah. I made sure that a few decisions happened so that I could transition into it more quicker. Right. And when it happened, yeah, it's been, it's been, this last year has been
0: incredible. So yeah. it's absolutely the right decision. Yeah. So how, when, when you start a comedy, what was it that got you hooked? Cause there's a lot of people that do it a little yeah. but There's a lot of people that talk to as oh, a bucket list thing or they do a course yeah, and they want yeah. to try it out. What was it for you that, that made you? So
1: me, I had no ambitions to do stand up. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always, I've always enjoyed stand up. I've... Got a good sense of humour, as people think, um, and I've always enjoyed comedy. But it was nothing. I mean, see, coming coming from where I come from in Blackburn, very insular Asian community, working class. The idea of becoming a stand-up comedian, I might as well, you might as well tell me to become an astronaut. Right? Like, it's just not within what we would think would be in our reach. Mm. Um, well, I mean, you keep seeing it, but you don't have the yeah, connection. Yeah, yeah, to, you exactly. don't know how. how it's like being be, an actor, be, saying, "Oh, why don't you become an actor?" It's yeah. like, well, people in, <laughs> people in my world don't become. Yeah. No yeah. one I know went to drama school. I don't know anyone. I think. I'm trying to think of people that I grew up with or in Blackburn who are working in the arts. I can't think mm-hmm. of anyone else apart from me. Mm-hmm. So it's just not our world mm-hmm. up there. Um, and, and I hadn't done drama since I was 14 mm-hmm. and I dropped it when you had to pick your GCSEs. So mm-hmm. I've got no theatre training or anything like that. Right. Um, and when I came to London, um, I think it was maybe 2010, I started, started Googling writing workshops because I, right. I just maybe do some creative writing, occupy my evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found this stand up workshop. Mm-hmm. It was one day a week for six weeks. And I thought, mm, people always tell me I'm funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you ask my my group of friends at university who would become a comedian, you know, who most likely to become a comedian, they just said me. Right. So I thought, I looked at this thing and I thought, you know, worst case scenario, I'd meet some new people and make a fool of myself. Yeah. I can definitely live with that. Yeah. So I went on this course. It was really good. Taught me a lot of things, got me started. You know, comedy courses don't make you funny, mm. but they give you tools. To do stand up, which is different yeah. to being funny, yeah, um, and just technical skills to and learn, structure, and, and, yeah, exactly, yeah. and yeah. writing and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, so he got me started, so I'm indebted to it completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great way to start. If anyone's listening, thinking about maybe having to go out stand up, like mm. doing a googling comedy courses mm-hmm. in whatever city you're in, definitely is a good way of starting. Mm-hmm. Um, and in London, we're lucky because we're spoiled for choice a little bit in terms of yeah. opportunities and stuff. Um, and then the showcase at the end of that course where. Everyone in the course invites their friends and family, and we perform in front of them. Mm-hmm. It was a really nice, generous audience. The stuff that I wrote worked. People mm-hmm. laugh at the right places. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found out there's this subculture of open mic comedy. In uh-huh. London, which is huge, which I had literally no idea about before right. I started stand-up. But well, most people don't. Yes, yeah. yeah, of course. Unless you unless you maybe have a friend who does yeah, it drags you along to yeah, yeah, one yeah. of those nights. So. And um and yeah, it was great. It was amazing. Like just going on this and I started maybe doing one or two gigs a week as I was trying to find contacts and stuff. Yeah. And this quickly became two gigs a week, three gigs a week. Yeah. by the time maybe two years in, I was doing four or five gigs a week. Yeah. Trying to get better, trying to make contacts, trying to do well in the competitions. Mm-hmm. And then
0: from that, just trying to work my way up the ladder. Right. Is there anything from your first set that you that you obviously still don't still do? I don't think. But is is mm. what, what stuck for a while? Was there anything that you then? I think just craft. Yeah. So just it wasn't was, a joke that you ended no, up in your file No, it was though.
1: very very hacky stuff. It was all. <laughs> do you remember I what mean, it was? It was all, ugh, talking about people using acronyms on Facebook like LOL and Ruffle, yeah. uh, and how they annoyed me. And just lots of really silly hack jokes like that. So classic observational. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I started trying out new stuff on the, on the, on the open mic circuit, constantly trying to write new material, find mm-hmm. out what works for me. And I was quickly finding that stuff that only I could write. So stuff about me, being, maybe being Muslim or being Asian or something, that was the stuff that was getting the best reaction out of all right. So I started developing my, that bit, that part of me more. Mm-hmm. Um And then I quickly got a, five to ten minutes set together that's really well in the compositions Mm -hmm.
0: um and then from that just been building it since then nice so when did you yes it's it's that it's always that when you talk about yourself it's more engaging naturally you only
1: you can write your own story yeah
0: and there's very little risk of someone else doing that yeah and i think because i'm a
1: working class british muslim asian Mm. there's not a lot of us on the circuit i don't know anyone like you yeah (laughs) 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 and so and so there's, there's 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 a uniqueness to my voice yeah that maybe other people don't necessarily have, so it'd be it'd be stupid of me to not take advantage of it. I sure,
0: think. yeah, of course. Did you when when you when you start getting more and more and more? Did you find that you were sort of finding your voice in terms of not just what you write about, but how you come across, like being yourself to a degree on stage? So, yeah. have you a, a point where you were sort of performing, and you tried to be something?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think there were there were bits. That, I think there's about six months. My friend Kate Lucas talks about this. Where maybe there's about a six month bit, maybe about two years in, where I decided. I don't even know if it's a conscious decision, maybe there's a subconscious decision to go just a little bit deadpan.
0: Mm-hmm. And... I think most comedians go through that phase. They do, don't yeah. they?
1: Because I think it's... Uh, if you don't really know, it, it's the reason I think... I think my theory on it is because it's safe. Yeah. Because then you're hiding behind your material. Yeah, it's apathy. And you don't really not, care. So, you're you're not, if it yeah, does, yeah, you're not putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you deliver stuff big mm. and then it doesn't land, yeah. you look like a dickhead. Yeah. Whereas if you just... Because like I don't really care about what I'm saying, and then people don't laugh. You're like, "Well, I didn't really care about that anyway." That's yeah. the attitude you gave giving off. So it's, it, yes, it's self-protection. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is self-protection. It's definitely a good word mm-hmm. for it. Um, And then I think a, a few friends always came to see, not always, but like regularly enough that they mm-hmm. could see my development. And I had a chat with my friend called Zara, and you know, I'm going just chatting to her about, you know, you've seen me a few times. What, what, what is what? What's missing? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do? Do you think to maybe you know kick on a level? And she said, you know, your materials. I really enjoy listening to it. You've got good delivery. But mm-hmm. What's missing is you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's not enough you on stage. Mm-hmm. There's not enough of you. because I have a very silly personality off stage. Mm-hmm. And not enough of that was coming across. Like right. stuff I was writing was quite smart, quite satirical. Yeah. And so some of my silliness was missing from it. And so, so I made a conscious decision to try and put, put my personality stamp it on my material. Right. And so that really came in through the way I deliver stuff. And, but that's a hard thing to do. It's a very hard thing to do. But, Hosting shows helped. Yeah. So I hosted that This is how we met, mm. which is a, an open mic night in Stockwell, Cavendish Arms, mm-hmm. which is a new material slash new act night. Mm-hmm. And that having to be myself on stage hosting a show, mm-hmm. that really helped
0: a lot. Cause you have no other choice. Exactly. Yeah. Cause and you can't was, really prepare. You do crowd work. You talk yeah, to people. Yeah, so you yeah, have yeah, no yeah, choice yeah. but to be present and yeah, yeah. be yourself. So I was able yeah. to bring my
1: personality more onto stage. Mm -hmm. And then I could then stamp that onto my material. Mm -hmm. And so the way I did my material now is a lot more who I am.
0: Yeah. I remember a piece of advice you gave me when I started hosting there, where I think I was quite worried about um, crowd or whatever it is. And I think you said, well, if anything else, if you can't be funny, at least be charming. Yes. And that stuck with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's so true. Because as a host, you have to, you're the the constant in the night.
1: If you can be funny, great. Oh, yeah. But sometimes it takes a bit of
0: time to get comfortable enough yeah. to
1: work out how you can be funny off the cuff. Mm. But if you can be charming and mm. set the night right and make the audience feel comfortable, mm. that's your job, really. Your yeah. job is to warm them up so that the acts have a really good time. Because mm-hmm. I don't expect you to be funny necessarily. As a host. No, not unless you're doing the pro... Yeah, like sure. If comedy store and stuff, no, of course, kind of level but yeah, this yeah, level, no. yeah, yeah. So if you can be charming first, mm. do that. And then the funny, the more comfortable you get, the more you'll be able to be funny.
0: And also they like you then. And it's more, people don't laugh at people they don't like. I think yeah. that's it. And then uh, when you ask them to be thing. nice for someone else,
1: they will. Yeah. Because they, they trust to, you. Yeah. And you
0: think, well, this person's really great. Yeah, and then yeah. they
1: think, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And you ask them to be like, be supportive and all that stuff. It comes across better. Whereas
0: if they don't like you, yeah. they're ignoring what you're saying. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And then you make it harder for the
0: acts. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And then it's harder for you in the end when you have to go back on and say, so, "Well." Mm.
1: <laughs> Other thing yeah. is the more the more like just a thing off stage as well. If you be, if you're likable in any industry, mm. you get on more.
0: Oh well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's such a personal industry by the nature of mm. it. It's I mean people always like talk about networking. And I always, for a long time, didn't understand networking. I always thought, like, I don't want to email someone I don't know, pitching mm-hmm. myself. I'll mm-hmm. find that really hard. But if you get on with people, like you meet them in person, and, you know, you, you're an interesting, nice person, chances are, you, you know, people gravitate towards that because yeah, it's yeah, easier yeah. that way. Yeah. And people like working with people they know and like. Yeah. So when, you, when did you, at what point in your career did you start getting um, noticed or start getting more...
1: Um, it was it was peaks and troughs so mm-hmm. i did very well in the competitions very early so my yeah. first year i was in the final of like quite a few of the major national competitions
0: that's early uh, yeah, year, yeah yeah so leicester
1: square yeah a uh, new comedian of the year got to the final of
0: that uh bbc the new comedy award that was the big thing yeah so did that at any point get to a head and i thought i must be the shit
1: i, I mean <laughs> because you don't because when you start you don't know anything yeah I literally had no idea how the industry worked. Yeah. So I remember when I started, my idea was to have made it within three years. Yeah. And I look back now, it's a completely silly thing to have said <laughs> yeah. uh, or thought. But because I didn't know better, I didn't yeah. know how the industry worked. Well,
0: three years seems like a long
1: time. For yeah, anything it does. I yeah, mean, yeah that, like three years away from now it seems like a really long time. Yeah. But when you're three years in, you're like, yeah, I'm still on this journey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I did well in the competitions and there's a little bit of interest sniffing around from like agents and management and stuff like that. And then it kind of, went away a little bit, mm-hmm. which I think looking back now, I'm grateful for. At the time, it was immensely frustrating. What do you mean by it went away? What happened? As in there was just, I don't know, there's a bit of interest and then yeah. it kind of didn't really go anywhere. Right. Yeah. Which was good looking back because it allowed me to develop at my own pace mm-hmm. and my own style. Instead of people trying to influence me and trying to tell me right. what to be, I was able to be myself more so that when yeah. I did eventually make that jump to management transition,
0: I knew my own voice. Yes. I wouldn't. You're not put in a position where suddenly you're demanded. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a demand there, and then you yeah. have to deliver suddenly to something. I remember three
1: years in 2013, I did the Pleasant Reserve, mm-hmm. which is the premier showcase yeah. at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and a lot of agents go and see the acts there, especially if they're unsigned, to see you know what what the hype is about and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a conversation with a big agent who looks after quite a few big acts, um, and they liked me, but they just weren't sure. And one of the things they said to me was. You know, look at, and they had a really big act, and I won't mention the name because they need to give away the person who it is. Like, look at Soso in my books. You know, he does this thing about his family and stuff, which is really funny, it connects Mm -hmm. to people. You should do that more, do more about your mum
0: and stuff. Right, yeah. You you don't understand what I'm doing. It's always, be wary of advice in this industry. Yeah, and
1: then like, you're trying to mould me into into a 20-year veteran. yeah. Like, I need to find my own voice. Yeah. I need to at least try. Yeah. And be the comic that I want to be. Yeah. And if then at some point that doesn't work, then maybe I can look at trying something else, but I haven't even really given mm. this a go yet. Mm. And I feel like this is going okay. Yeah. It could be
0: a bit better, but it's yeah. going fine. I yeah. need to develop this further. Um, it's a tricky thing. So obviously they, I mean, they see a potential and they want to share that with you or, or kind of, I mean, it's a natural, um, mistake in, in quotes to make, to, to project something that you think that person exactly. could be, exactly. but then it has to come from within. It has think, to come from within because
1: like, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Michael McIntyre mm. and I think he's, I think he's an absolute genius. I think he's one of the greats and he is the best at what he does. Yeah. Well, there's no I, one else like it. I
0: can't do what he does. No, no one can.
1: I, I, I you know, regularly yeah. funny things happen to me in escalators or lifts <laughs> and stuff and, yeah. I, and, and, and I might even notice them. Yeah. But I can't spin that into a 15-minute yarn yeah. like he can. Yeah. But conversely, he can't do
0: the stuff that I do. It'd be weird if he suddenly had like a British Muslim bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would be weird. Um,
1: but we, we, we have to play to our strengths.
0: Yeah. And my strength is
1: talking about myself and my experiences and stuff mm-hmm. and magnetizers observing things in a hilarious mm-hmm. way. But you have to allow me space to develop that and take it somewhere before we decide that actually maybe not. Yeah. And also the industry is changing. And maybe from his perspective, he was looking at it commercial, from a commercial perspective mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, I need to make money from this person straight away. Yeah, so of course, that's their more, prerogative. So that's they need what to they be do. more family-friendly,
0: yeah. uh, more, more accessible, Yeah, for one of a better word. Well, but that's what they do. I mean, they know the market and they know that that's what sells. Mm-hmm. Let's find something that fits that. Yeah. And if we can't find it, let's make someone yeah. into But this. then what conversely,
1: Stuart Lee is someone who struggled for years he had a voice. He was yeah. very, very good for a long time. Yeah, but he just struggled to a find his audience and b get the recognition from the industry to mm-hmm. give him opportunities. Mm-hmm. But he stuck to his guns. Yeah, and now
0: he's one of the greats. Well, yeah, exactly. I think there's always a danger of playing to the gallery to degree. Because exactly. even if you know um, that's what sells, and I could do that, hmm. then if if that's what sells, then a lot of people already are doing that, and they
1: are. There's a lot yeah.
0: of diet Michael McIntyre's. Sure, yeah, who
1: who, who are. Perfectly fine. Mm. But, it's,
0: but it's not it's engaging. Yeah. And you can always kind of tell. And it's, I mean, it's might, it might be funny, it might be hilarious, it might be really good writing, but there's something disingenuous by its nature because you've seen that kind of thing mm. before. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, that, I, mean, I mean, I think if you develop your own voice and eventually you, you find an audience. Or you might not, but at least if you if you do that, then mm. there's no one else like you, mm. and you won't remember sell out in that way. Reading
1: Stuart Lee's book, "How I Escaped My Certain Fate," mm. um, and even just what we in 2017, even 10 years ago, he was touring to like 15 people in a room in Wales, mm-hmm. and to think of that now is just you think, what really he was yeah. doing that. It's, a journey, it's just a journey you have to go on.
0: Well, people don't realize from the outside and how long, you know, it's that classic line of an overnight success is, you know, 10 years in the making. Mm. Because you don't see what's led up to that. You just see, oh, no, somebody on the, they're on the telly. They must be new. Yeah. Whereas actually, uh, no, they've been doing that for 15 years.
1: I, I uh, Deliso Chipondo was a great comedian. He was on Britain's Got Talent this year and it really, really well got, I think, he came third or second. Mm-hmm. He came runner up anyway. Mm-hmm. And there was a gig being booked somewhere. And someone mentioned, oh, why didn't you get that new guy from Biz got Talent on there? Referring <laughs> to I was like, new guy? <laughs> Deliso's been going for like 15, 20 years. And he's great, but he's uh-huh. great because he's been going that long. He's yeah. got that experience. Yeah. He's, that's what's made him great, his experience. And he knows what he's doing now. Mm-hmm. But just because, but he's on TV for the first time. So people are like, that new guy. Yeah. It's yeah. hilarious.
0: <laughs> but it's like that with a lot of things, I think. I think that celebrity culture and Britain's Got Talent, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's, I mean, it's entertaining to watch, mm. but I think it gives people the illusion that it, it can't just happen. Like people are yeah, like, talent yeah, yeah. enough, talent yeah, yeah. enough. Like, that talent like, like, means like, nothing Like this poor you know?
1: guy just was in his, was in his bedroom writing yeah, jokes yeah. and then he decided to go on Britain's Got Talent. And yeah. Oh, he's hilarious. Yeah. No, he's no. a circuit comic. He's yeah, been working for exactly. 15 years.
0: It's not how it works. Yeah. And also talent alone doesn't mean that much. A lot of people have talent. Most people have some talent. It's now, the,
1: the, When I started, the amount of people that I gigged with mm. in the first couple of years that were immensely talented but didn't have that drive mm-hmm. or the um,
0: resilience. Cause
1: you yeah. need a lot of resilience. It stand-off. takes
0: it out on you. Like, yeah. A,
1: it takes it, out your soul.
0: Yeah. You have to have the right personality and I think mm. enough drive and determination. And, and also like a certain discipline to to know how you work best and things like that. And that just comes with years of experience, yeah. I think. That's not something yeah. you can learn, really, even through a course. I think that gives you a little basics, but then it's just how you manage it, mm. how you manage yourself.
1: There, there'll be people that you're gigging with on the circuit now that you'll see a handful of times that you think, mm. oh, God, they've really got something, and mm. then you never see them. Yeah, And then in five years' time, you'll be having a conversation with Ross Smith going, do you remember that? guy who came a couple of times with Cavendish he was really good what, yeah. what happened to that guy Yeah, and just yeah. Just, didn't,
0: just wasn't for him it's dead now
1: hmm. yeah maybe <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah they didn't have that resilience because yeah. it's hard or it just
0: up. wasn't important enough to yeah. continue yeah, yeah, even yeah. if they're really good at it they mm. might find something else that mm. they're more passionate about mm. like there's it a could guy, I mean it could have happened yeah, to yeah, either yeah, of us the, that the, at some point yeah. actually it's fun there's, for a while there's a, while, a
1: guy but, on the circuit who was building a couple of competitions called Dal Perry very funny guy very unique take on things great turn of phrase um, but, you know, eventually, however well you do early on, you plateau. Everyone plateaus mm. a little bit oh, and yeah, then you yeah, kick yeah. on.
0: Yeah.
1: But sometimes those plateaus last longer for some people than for other people. In different periods of your career, a plateau mm. will last longer than in other periods of your career.
0: Mm.
1: And going to a plateau is tough. It's mm. hard. Because other people then start catching up to you. Yeah. The people who you think you're better than start catching up. Because... Or they start <laughs> lapping you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, 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 and it's difficult. And, and yeah. Daryl got a promotion at work. Yeah, and that was more important to him, so he gave up comedy. And yeah. there's no, that's there, there's nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely. He's different no. He got married, he's probably happier than me and you. Yeah, but it's just. Well, yeah, it's, it's not, unpredictable. It's not, it's
0: not, talent alone no. doesn't mean success. Absolutely. And even if you're if you're talented and you're hardworking and you're determined and it, all of that, still doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Yeah. Even like consistently. It, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's, not, it's
1: not a quantitative game. No. It's 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 a different it's. Luck as well is a thing. Completely right yeah. place, right time, yeah. all of those sorts of things.
0: But luck only to a degree because you can have a lucky moment if you can't back it up with got, with with craft. Yeah, someone
1: can open the door for you, and, yeah. but you've got to have the corners to walk through it. Yeah, and, and exactly. you've got to. Be able to
0: but it's also it an ego thing because I think do you agree that as as a, as a as a performer generally as a comedian you have to have a certain ego? I think to a degree, like keep it in check, but you have to. I think so. Have a reason I to in stand the up way, in, there. In the same way that boxers do. I think if yeah. you're
1: going on stage, you're essentially saying, I'm the funniest person in this room right now. Yeah.
0: Pay attention to me. Everyone shut up. I'm going to be funny now. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. an ego. Yeah, yeah. but Definitely. then to 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 have that ego, which you kind of need to degree, um, to go then through a plateau or, or bad experiences is tough because you, tough. you have to constantly believe in yourself that I I I deserve good things to happen to me. Yeah, if I th- work hard, and if that doesn't happen, I think it's very easy for people to fall Yeah,
1: into. one of the things I always did... Even now is do a bit of reflection, mm-hmm. so whenever I plateau, I look back over what I was doing when I was doing well or mm-hmm. when it seemed to go and be on an upward trajectory, yeah, and look at where I am now. sometimes it's kind of just the nature of the change you you you've gone up a level mm-hmm. and the gigs are harder or they're mm-hmm. more professional, right, and so what was working for you that doesn't necessarily work for you now, and so yeah. you can have that level of self awareness self awareness yeah. is such an important tool for a standup comedian, oh, yeah to be able to go okay this is what
0: i need to do to kick on this is what i need to do slightly differently or this is what i need to go back to maybe i think it's it's so much more important than anything else especially also in your writing because especially if you talk about yourself you have to have self-reflection to a large extent to know what's funny about you why Mm. i'm thinking this way why am i going at that angle um do you do you think that um like you can you can look at success in various ways but obviously that i think a lot of people me included at times you know fall into that trap of oh no i'm not signed yet or oh, i don't have i don't i can't go get booked at that club and that's all you're aiming for is an actual fact if you look at what you've done and have achieved in your own sense it it always depends on how you look at what you've achieved yeah. and what the level is, it is what it makes is, you happy what do you is, aim towards
1: yeah yeah it is difficult because i think we all we all i mean i'm guilty of doing it now whatever level you're at you're always looking at the people at that level or the one above you. yeah yeah so if you're at the bottom, you're looking at the one rung above. If you're right near the top, you're looking at the, you're looking at yeah. the yeah. going, why is he getting that? So, but you should, because yeah. otherwise you're comparing yourself with, exactly. with yeah, the wrong yeah. people. And, but then you also got to look at what you're getting compared, even on the same level, what you're getting compared to the rest of your peers. Right. So there's certain peers of mine that are getting booked into clubs that I don't get booked into that I feel like I deserve to be booked into. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it hasn't happened. Mm. But then I'm getting bits of TV and radio that they're not getting. Mm-hmm. So in the same way that I'd be looking at them going, oh, how come they're playing the Glee club? They'd be looking at me going, why is he unmocked? <laughs> yeah. So it's, you've got to remember that the, you're getting, you, you're always, if you're always working, mm. then that means, yeah, you're doing something right. Yeah, exactly. And you're always getting booked for stuff, whatever yeah. level you're at, then you're yeah. doing something right. If you're, if you've got an empty dairy for a month, then yeah. that's, a, then there's a problem. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's most probably got a little bit to do with you at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, so yeah, I mean, look at, look sideways is important because it keeps you hungry and it keeps you motivated. Mm-hmm. And there's always, Things to take off and all those clubs to play that you haven't played before, Mm -hmm. and and then when you get to a certain level, TV and radio opportunities, and Mm -hmm.
0: there's a plethora of them. So, what do you aim at? Are there things that you that are more important to you than other things? What's your constant? For me, there's about there's three or four clubs in the country that I
1: feel a little bit hardened by that I'm not playing them, given my CV. Yeah, that I'm not playing them yet. I'll say yet.
0: What do you think it is? Don't
1: know. Yeah, don't know it could be a mixture of things could be could be as sinister as racism mm. or could be as innocent as we just
0: haven't had a chance to look at him yet right yeah so it could be and anything in between you're religious mm. does that help you in any does that have an impact in how you approach life and career does that give you a certain sense of i think comfort at times or anything that yeah
1: would... comfort yeah i mean being Muslim and and talking about it on stage, mm. so being openly Muslim, mm. as it were, there are certain career choices that I'd be wary of making, and certain things that I definitely wouldn't do. Like what? So it, for example, I wouldn't. I'm not saying I would never do adverts, mm-hmm. but I would never do an adver- advert for drink, right? Or yeah. I would never do an advert for gambling, right? Or even fast food chain would be somewhat suspect.
0: Yeah, well, it's an ethical choice yeah. that you're making at that point. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, and so there's certain things that, uh, you know, like sometimes a comedian, if you're doing this full time, a good advert can tide you over six yeah, months. Yeah. Give you a bit of breathing space. Um, and there's so many adverts for like alcohol and mm. banking and gambling mm. and fast food and stuff. Mm. You know, I'm never going to, I'm never going to get a sneaker deal. Yeah. So. Well, you no, know, I don't know. Yeah. Why not? I'm probably, I'm probably <laughs> never going to get a sneaker deal. Um. So, what does that leave you with? The spec savers? I do spec savers. Yeah, I'm good right, spec it. savers. Yeah. But they seem to have their books full. <laughs> uh, but you know, so there's certain, there's certain things that I wouldn't do. Like, yeah. you know, I wouldn't, I don't think I would debase myself on TV necessarily. Mm. Like, so I look at some shows like, um, Keith Lemons. Show on all that sort of stuff And mm. I remember some of the stuff That they make you do I'm like I don't think I'd fancy doing mm. that I have a bit of responsibility To people But that's not
0: necessarily I don't think Just the religious thing That's just no, having yeah, a, set, a sense Of morals yeah, and ethics true, That you true.
1: can you know. And it be, Comes with my Political principles as well yeah, As my yeah. religious principles
0: Yeah well, that's yeah. probably a good thing to have as a as a I'm mean, going say compass. that now. If you
1: ever have kids, things might change. Right?
0: <laughs> well, there's a quote of uh, Mark Maris, my favorite comedian, who said, it's very easy to maintain your integrity when no one's offering to buy it. Yeah. Which I think true. is very true. Absolutely true. Um, true.
1: Well, I did have choice. I was, you know, I was offered a five-figure sum to mm-hmm. do an advert for a bank. And I said no.
0: You turned it down? Mm. Wow. So... Did you try and just see how much they're offering? Just keep turning it down. You so know what? There was, and I, was, I was doing so much
1: <laughs> research going, but is this an ethical? And there's nothing, yeah. nothing I could spin it yeah. would let me do it. Mm. And I wanted to.
0: Mm.
1: I, I was trying to find an excuse to be able to do it. Yeah. There's nothing, but there was, I, couldn't, I couldn't find myself. But, but then it was different because at the time I had my day job. Yeah.
0: So I was getting a salary. Yeah. Whereas
1: yeah. now I don't have my day job. Yeah. So it would be a different decision now. Yeah. And maybe in two years time, I am have a kid in mm. two years time, but whatever in the future. I think I'm if like- you
0: have a kid, I think it's slightly different because yeah. then you can spin it as well. Now I'm providing for my family, mm. but then yeah, I mean, five figures is hard to turn down. But mm-hmm. then again, if you think, well, money is money and money comes and goes, but if you have to live with something you really didn't want to do, yeah, yeah, yeah. is that something yeah, yeah. worth doing? Yeah. yeah. So you started getting more exposure on TV now. Has that changed things? Oh, obviously, it's changed things, but that's just changed in, in the way you work because you were on Mock the week mm. in uh, what last month, I think. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like because obviously that's a different medium
1: it's yeah, it's a completely different me- you're right; it's a completely different medium it's a different set of skills
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, look look how long it took
0: us or look look
1: how long it takes to be good at stand up yeah it would take that long to be amazing at t v stuff right um but there's stuff that translates obviously there's not you're yeah so yeah. I mean, scratch. It, yeah you know? yeah yeah so yeah. yeah you're right you're not starting from scratch, but there's stuff like if you're on a panel show you're having to butt in mm-hmm. and Get your point across, and you know stuff that you'd never do in stand up, right? Yeah. Where you're not on stand up, you're not on stage with other people, yeah, trying to get your word in, yeah, to try and be the funniest person on stage, yeah. You know, you're you're on one at a time, yeah. Whereas in that, you're kind of competing for attention, you're kind of competing for the TV edit, right? And it's a bit cutthroat, and also it's a different it's a different type of audience. So the the audience are there because they're fans of the show, yeah, and they're fans of the show because they're fans of certain people on that show, right. And they're always, and those people will always get a better reception mm. than mm-hmm. you might, because you're brand new, even if you're, whatever you're saying might be as funny, if not funny. Because they just don't know you as well. As, exactly, yeah. they don't know your voice. Yeah. So for example, Hugh Dennis doing some, saying a joke in his voice. Yeah. They know that. That's 10 years of experience they've had with you, Dennis. That's hilarious. Mm. Me doing a joke might be equally as funny as you Dennis's joke, mm-hmm. but they don't know my voice. They don't know who I am. Right. So it's yeah. not as automatically funny. Yeah. But 10 years down the line, so I'd be like, oh, such
0: a test thing to say.
1: Yeah. It would be, be a to be in. But the moment they don't know, that's a test thing to say.
0: Yeah. That's just,
1: that's that new guy saying that.
0: But that's also a tricky situation to be in. Because obviously you want to, I mean, there's a fight for attention. There's a fight for, but you also don't want to be the new guy who hogs the limelight. Well, I, don't, um, I think you don't
1: have to that worry about Did that go through that. your head? No, I don't have to worry about that much because the edit is generally balanced. Right. Yeah. And so all the good things make the edit. Right. So if yeah. you're throwing a lot of shit out there. Right. Yeah. Doesn't stick, it doesn't stick. doesn't matter
0: mmm mm. uh
1: because they won't make the edit that makes sense um but then I guess you have to be conscious about not pissing off the live audience yeah because the more they give the more likely it is to make an edit so right. there, is, there is a tricky balance there I guess um but I think yeah I'm not I'm not I think on those shows I'm quite I'm I'm mildly respectful mm-hmm. of my position without trying to be intimidated by mm. the presence of the greats that are on there.
0: Right. Well, it's a self-reflection thing, again, to take yeah, yourself out of your if head. I, if I'm think,
1: on there, this I'm, you have to say to yourself, if you're on there, you deserve to be there. Well, yeah. And so you deserve to have your voice heard. Yeah. And one, thing's, one of the advices that I get given when I'm on there is just just throw shit at the wall. Right. Because if you throw enough shit
0: at the wall, some of it will stick. Right. And you just need enough st- stuff to stick for the edit. Right. So it's not, I mean, it, it, to a degree it's scripted, though, I think, those panel shows. Yeah, Right. mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the
1: banter isn't.
0: Yeah. So the you still sort of get look, to riff. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Someone says something then.
1: I mean, and the riffs sometimes last a long time. Yeah. And sometimes they go nowhere. Right. There was, there was a bit, so when I was doing multiple big they They cast had a lot of really good riffs mm-hmm. that weren't really that relevant <laughs> to what we were talking about. And so they didn't make the edit. Right. But in the room, we right. were creasing. Right. Right. But in a half hour edit. Yeah. Of a three hour record. Yeah. You can't, Throw random bits in, yeah, that sure. Were great in the room, but don't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, and and and. So, but then he yeah. got the
0: atmosphere up on, on the day of. And recording. then and
1: then and then I guess what helps with him doing that would mean that the the, the jokes that you do do later on do land better, right? So yeah. even if you're making the audience laugh and it doesn't make the edit, they then might laugh more at the stuff you're saying because you're yeah, still like, warming them up. Yeah, because you're like, oh, he's a funny guy. Yeah, yeah. I said yeah. that bit earlier about whatever. Yeah, random thing. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Jim's. He's one of the best comedians I think this country has ever produced. Mm. Um, And the first time I saw him on panel shows it was disappointing might be a strong word but lackluster. Mm -hmm. But it's because it's a completely different skill. Right. But now it's great. Mm. It's so good. Mm. But that's because it takes a bit of time to get used to that new skill that new arena. And maybe he was Doing the same thing, you know, he's madly respectful the first few times he did it because of, you know he's one of the greats, mm-hmm. and now he genuinely belongs there. Mm-hmm. He's 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 amongst them, right? And so stuff that he and the audience know him better as well, yeah. And so his weird tangents land better because yeah. they're not so weird now because like that's a James thing, right? Yeah. As opposed to who's that weird guy with yeah. that mustard jumper? On. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that guy's really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah he that's, that's yeah. It that's, takes that's, an audience to that's to a get thing used that he would to, say yeah. or do. Yeah. And but, he's a lot more comfortable. He was so comfortable on the week when I was on with him, in a way that didn't come across when I first saw him on those shows 20 right, years ago.
0: Right. Well, it's interesting because you keep. So we were talking a, a, a few weeks ago about you doing more corporate gigs as well mm. now, which which you said that's a different skill set as well. Mm. What is that like? Because corporate gigs is when you go into like a company, but yeah. Are co- a thing. Corporate
1: gigs are hard. Yeah, because you're essentially being made to do stand up in an environment that. A is not switched to stand up and B yeah. doesn't necessarily want stand up. Right. So it's, it's almost stand up is thrust upon people. Yeah.
0: Which and is not makes, a good position for yeah, stand up to be in. And that's a
1: difficult position to be in. Because it's, it's also a weird atmosphere. You're not in a club, people haven't paid money to be mm-hmm. entertained. They kind of it's been thrust upon them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're a bit more sensitive because maybe they were work colleagues and stuff, and so mm-hmm. there's certain things that maybe they don't want to laugh at publicly. Mm-hmm. The weird atmosphere.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they can be they can be great. Mm-hmm. Uh but, and they can also be brutal mm-hmm. and they can be really dead atmospheres. Mm-hmm. I've, done, I've done a couple of award shows where you go on and just do a little, like you may be presenting an award or something, mm-hmm. or you do a little introduction of something or something and you do a few gags or something and they just did pff, crickets, crickets,
0: <laughs> G- gags, you know, work in yeah. comedy clubs yeah, yeah. and you just deliver them. And then you're like, cool, moving yeah. on. <laughs> so it's all about context mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. What was it, if um, you got some, like, a, well, that's the worst gig you've ever done. What's the weirdest? Here, so we're out of the Creek Comedy Club, right yeah. now recording this. So here, I had a terrible
1: gig here the day I got signed. All right. So we took in December 20, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a Christmas show. And for some reason, they booked me to headline, which I was not ready for. Uh-huh. And Christmas gigs is notoriously difficult because it's full of work dues. Uh-huh. And so there was, it was sparsely filled, the room. And it's a big room. And there were two big groups in, work groups. One of them was, one of them was nice. One of them was quite difficult and they were kind of heckling the whole night. And there's one particular guy who was really, being really abrasive. And then I had learning, so there's an expectation that this guy's the funniest guy in the night, which I wasn't yeah. ready for then. And I came on and now I know the best way to deal with a heckler is ignore them early on mm-hmm. until you build a rapport with the audience. So mm-hmm. the audience think you're funny. Right. Then they'll back you up against the heckler. Mm-hmm. If you go on stage and start battling a heckler. Yeah. And if you're an unknown comic, the audience don't know who you are.
0: And they it comes no across as quite aggressive. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah.
1: And the audience don't know who you are. They've got no reason to go with you. They've got mm-hmm. no sympathy with you. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you build that rapport, you make them laugh, you mm-hmm. win their trust. Mm-hmm. Then you can go into the heckler and be like, all right, let's sort you out now. I've mm-hmm. got these guys I'm mm-hmm. behind me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then. This guy heckled me predictably about 30 seconds in. I decided to go at it with him. Didn't get anywhere. Started digging a hole. We got into an argument. <laughs> we got into an actual argument. I did about, I was booked for 20 minutes. I did roughly 12, uh-huh. of which 11 was an argument with this group. <laughs> got quite heated. Like the bouncer stepped in at one point. Jesus. Um, so yeah, it was, it, was, it was a car crash. <laughs> um, and then I came up here and signed my papers to sign with the agency. Great. <laughs> I was like, "Are you sure? Are you sure you want to sign that?" You saw up and downstairs.
0: Um, but yeah, so yeah, Polly and Gelly were there. But uh-huh. well, that's, that's just something that that just keeps happening to to various degrees. I think you. I was watching a, an interview with uh, Louis CK where he was talking about you keep trying to match your best performance to your worst performance, and the sort of the distance between the two you try to get as narrow as possible. Like when you bomb, you don't bomb as badly as yeah. you've bombed like five yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah, keep yeah, trying yeah. to raise that level. Yeah. Um, There's
1: gigs I do now where I would think I would have died hard at this gig probably even two years ago. Right. But you've got the experience and the nows to get through it yeah. now. And you're, it's like a duck. Your legs are paddling in the water, yeah. frantically yeah. trying to get out of the situation. Yeah. I had Latitude last night. Oh, how'd it go? Um, mixed. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. So it's a big open-tented arena Mm -hmm. um and big stage big old audience i was on after tom allen tom allen smashed for 45 minutes Mm -hmm. and then after he left there's an exodus (laughs) because you know people are like okay we've seen comedy for 45 minutes now let's go and see a band or get asking the drugs are wearing off yeah Yeah. and then so it was still busy Mm -hmm. but then i came on and it's cold right but they were listening they were nice they did laugh in places they weren't like they weren't laughing but because it's an open space arena as well The laughs aren't really, they don't travel that far mm-hmm. and they're not, you know, there's not like a roof where they kind of, it bangs, it reverberates, it rits around the room. It's not like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, well, I just kept my head above water and just kept going. Mm-hmm. I was like, if that was two years ago, I'd have fucking died hard here. Yeah. But by the end, I did all my callbacks from what
0: I said by the beginning of the show and they right. laughed hard, right. big laughs at the end. I
1: was like, they were listening the whole right. time they'd been listening.
0: So it's a matter of persevering mm. and having that experience to know that just because they're not as vocal doesn't mean they that don't not, like you yeah. or they don't oh, they're find they're it not funny. Enjoying it, yeah, yeah. Because I think uh, sometimes people just tired. Like yeah. it's hard yeah, at to laugh festival, It's the third day of a festival. Yeah,
1: people are knackered. Yeah, they don't know who you are either. You're yeah. the big tent. There's yeah. big expectations. They're yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, but next time, I go there next year, it'll be better. Yeah.
0: Um, but it's such a hard thing to go, like, I think not doing well is, is something that's, that's so hard to sort of master to degree. Because I think mm. you can bomb gracefully. At some point, I think, you know, at least you don't completely make a fool of yourself anymore. You know, I mean, hopefully that will happen at some point for me. But um, like it's, it takes a lot of self-awareness, again, in practice, I think, to realize, okay, this is what's happening. It's not as bad as I perceive it right now. It's very easy to take it personally and well, become defensive yeah. or reference it constantly. Yeah, well, this yeah, is yeah, not going yeah, well. Yeah. And I, didn't,
1: I don't do that anymore. Unless yeah. I'm in a small room, like an open mic night, I might. Yeah. But in a professional gig, I don't do it anymore. Mm. I think one of the things I noticed very early on in my open mic career between us at the open mic level and the pro acts mm-hmm. is when I watched a pro act who wasn't getting what they deserved from the audience. Mm-hmm. You couldn't see it. You right. can't see it in their face. You can't see it in their body language. Yeah. Whereas open mic acts, you know, yeah. As soon as one joke doesn't land, they crumble. Their yeah. body yeah. language crumbles. Yeah, and that's what we were all like. Yeah. And so I it noticed, feels terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. And so I noticed. I was like, that's mm. where I want to get to. Mm. So that they look like. I mean, I'm sure frantically their brains. Working hundred miles per hour, with the mm. the, duck, the legs and the water, paddling away frantically, trying to trying to get make the kick better. Mm-hmm. But on their face, their body language is serene. Mm. And I think I'm trying to I'm trying to get to that position mm. where I can do that. Whereas yeah. even if it's
0: not going as well as I wanted to, yeah, you Pre- can't pretend turn. like it is. Yeah, yeah, that's such a hard thing to do. But then it makes sense because from the audience point of view. It it seems to be going well because mm. I don't think people mm. in the audience don't necessarily notice if everyone's laughing or not. Mm. They're listening mm. at least at mm. best. Mm. So if it just seems like it, it's a great performance to a degree, it's it's fine then. Yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, 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 they're yeah. not noticing the lacks of laughs as yeah, much yeah, as you yeah. do on stage. And I think I've
1: got into the position now where even if a gig is tough early on, mm-hmm. by the by the end I've got them. Mm-hmm. So there'll be big laughs. The, the big laughs that you build up towards the end of the set Yeah. Are still there, not yeah. as big as it would be if it was. An amazing night, but this yeah. still quite big. Yeah, and so at least when
0: you go off, people are like, "Yeah, you are actually quite good, you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's such a hard thing to to. But um, it takes a lot of experience of bombing, I think, to mm. just get to at least used to it, or not. I not, think playing uh,
1: Edinburgh helps as well. Yeah, Edinburgh is a. Are- tough, because they're comedy fans, mm. but also tired. Mm. So anybody says watch four or five shows a day, mm-hmm. by the time they come around to watch yours, it mm-hmm. might be their fourth show of the day. Mm-hmm. we tried laughing through four shows. It's
0: That's impossible. impossible. It's impossible. Yeah.
1: Um, and so that toughens you up. Yeah. And you realize, and last year had a couple of times where, and it shows that were quite quiet in terms of laughter. Yeah. But at the end, the audience gave me such a rapturous send-off. Uh-huh. That was like, I think they love that.
0: Uh-huh. It's
1: an, I couldn't see it during the show it felt quite tough but mm-hmm. that is a hell of a reception to leave to
0: Yeah.
1: and at the end I always wait outside and do a little meet and greet and thank people for coming such nice compliments and right. it's just really weird because you're like oh I just wish you were more vocal during the show yeah. but they were clearly just tired but yeah, really yeah, enjoying yeah. it because yeah. I've
0: watched shows where you're like that's nice <laughs> yeah. that's really nice but you're not laughing yeah 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 exactly but it's so easy to make that mistake and think oh they, ha- they hate me mm. you know and have two
1: yeah. three years ago yeah well, sometimes but sometimes they presumed. do though I mean yeah. that's the thing and, and, yeah
0: I've that been really- in that, I've had a gig where I, it was very clear that they hated me. I did like a charity fundraiser for a football club in Chipstead once. Wow. Right. So 250 very drunk football fans, which is not my crowd mm. to begin with. And I was, I bombed on my ass for eight minutes. Like I had no laughs. and I was only supposed to do five anyway. So, and then, you know, the, and then it got to the a clap off at the end where it said, did you like, you know, did you like Kelly Conway or whatever? Woo. Did you like this app? Woo. Did you like Adrian Taos? And it was actual silence. <laughs> At that point, it was very clear that they just did not like me, let alone find me funny. Wow! Um, no sympathy, like yeah, yeah. No, not on, even a slow clap. Come on, just, come on, <laughs> no, come on! Just like no, just not like, this No, way. put your fucking hand down. <laughs> and that's hard. Yeah, I mean that's because yeah, yeah, that, yeah, then would it's have been, personal. They've you know? been there. Yeah, but I think that's that's what makes you then continue because mm. if you if that that's what it takes for you to stop doing stand up, it's probably not the best. And then
1: career. you realize it's like that's the worst I can get.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm fine. Yeah, nothing happens. You know, they didn't beat me up in the end. You know, they could have. I mean,
1: they're not trending that on Twitter. Yeah. You know. Yeah, just, exactly. Just, it lived in that room in that moment, and it yeah. was painful in that moment, and then it moves on. Yeah. Sarah Millican's got a great rule where she says, by 11 a.m. the next morning, mm-hmm. however good or bad the gig is, mm-hmm. you move on. Right. So even if it's the best gig of your career, just yeah. draw a under it, it happened. Next right. gig. Or mm-hmm. if it
0: was the worst gig of your
1: career or anything in between, mm-hmm. that's it. 11 a.m. the next day,
0: done. hmm yeah, because you can't rest on that, whether it's good or bad. It, mm. There's nothing you can do now. Because in for, reality,
1: yeah. we're not as good as our best gig. I mean, not as bad as our worst gig. Yeah. We're somewhere in between.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They do that in the Olympics, and, um, in judging Olympics. I think somewhere something like gymnastics and stuff. Mm-hmm. They have five judges, and they take away the best and the worst score. Oh, really? And they average the other three scores.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's more... Um, democratic in that way Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's yeah.
1: who you are You're not your best gig You're not your worst gig You're yeah. somewhere in between
0: Yeah, yeah That's nice I like that
1: Well, thank you very much For being on the show so. Thank you uh, My show is, Yeah, please is Give my, us give us another plug My show is on at 8.30pm At the Pleasance Courtyard From the 2nd to the 27th of August uh, If you're up there Please come and Come and, come and say hello and, and come watch the show It's called Testify With a Z Testify Hashtag, hashtag, we're the chickens.
0: <laughs> Sweet. Great. Thanks, Tez. Cheers. Thank my, you very much.